welcome to the Entrepreneur Sushi Club podcast. I am your host, Gail Edwards, and I'm joined today by my equally lovely co-host, Lubna Zaru. Hello. Lovely. Great to be here today. And today's Entrepreneur Sushi Club podcast is a bi-weekly podcast where we give you insight into the personality of successful sushi-adoring entrepreneurs and showing you that success is all about having fun in and with your business without the hustle and the grinding. And the grinding, because, you know, business can be about hustle grind. So who have we got with us today then? So let me give you a little bit of a backstory. So on July the 20th, 2017, at the age of 28, Rebecca was diagnosed with triple positive, which means estrogen, progesterone and HER2 positive stage one invasive ductal carcinoma and it was a grade three in other words it was an extremely aggressive form of breast cancer at 28 but the more she researched and read and watched the more she found out about the benefits of an integrative treatment route one that combines treatments from both the alternative and the conventional world and once she listened to her body and her heart Both were telling her that her path was meant to be an integrative one. So once treatment was over and she reached a stable place with her health, Rebecca felt that she absolutely had to share this integrative healing route with others so that they may more easily find the tools, treatments and lifestyle changes that she spent months discovering and is now inspiring others to find their own healing path. So without further ado, let me introduce to you today's guest, who is Rebecca Durant-Heim. Now, with all of that, remember that Rebecca is also a sushi-loving entrepreneur. So we're going to find out a lot about Rebecca, not just through what she's been through, but also through her love for sushi as well. So, Rebecca, welcome. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Club. How are you? I'm doing very well. How are you guys doing? Yeah, we're good. Wonderful. You know... We're um, just entering spring here in the UK, so it's a feel-good day. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) That's Um, right. Times of transition and growth. Absolutely. And vision as well. It's a time of vision. Absolutely. So on the subject of vision, obviously, we're going to hit you with some real hard questions. Oh, yeah. I hope you're prepared. I'm ready. I'm ready for it. (laughs) because we're not called the Entrepreneur Sushi Club podcast for nothing. For no reason, that's right. (laughs) So, of course, we have to ask, where did it all start for you with sushi? (laughs) Yes, okay. So, growing up, I was uh, not a crazy picky eater, but I definitely was a little bit picky, and sushi sounded insane to me. So I never tried it until I got to university and my sister fell in love with it. She had a roommate who absolutely loved it. And there was a really great all-you-can-eat sushi place. We went to the same university. So there was a really great all-you-can-eat sushi place near our university that all the students went to. So she convinced me one day to go with them. And she is also kind of a picky eater. So I was like, okay, if she likes sushi then I'm sure that I will find something that I like. And yeah, it all started there. I ate all of it and everything. (laughs) It was amazing. Um, Yeah, and fell in love with it right then and there and have been enjoying it frequently ever since. (laughs) Do you remember which one you ate first? 
I'm, I was trying to think earlier today, and I think it was probably the California roll or like yeah, a, ding, a, a ding, 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 yeah. ding, 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 yes. <laughs> the starter sushi kit. I think it's right. the sushi starter kit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like the go-to. Yeah. The avocado cucumber and the yeah, <laughs> the California roll. Love yeah. It. Love it. So, yeah. how long ago was that? That was a little while ago. That I first tried it, did you mm-hmm. say? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was quite a while ago now. I won't say exactly how long. But <laughs> <laughs> so with everything that you've been through, though, Rebecca, because, you know, I've kind of read out a bit of your bio. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you find that your taste buds changed? You know, have you still got that love of sushi? And I how, do. And did it play a role in your healing? Because you were talking about, you know, eating natural foods and stuff. Mm-hmm. So what was the role? <laughs> Yeah, I did some chemo and that was crazy. I didn't feel like eating anything I usually would. I just wanted, I think I lived off of like saltines and Lipton chicken noodle soup. (laughs) I just ate as much of those things as you can, as you feel like eating because there's not a whole lot that you feel like eating. But yeah, changing my diet was a huge piece of my recovery and my healing just moving forward into my life after cancer. And it became really difficult for me to eat out in places because, you know, I could have like the salad that was on the menu and often that was about it. Or I'd have to ask for a lot of alterations, like don't put it on a bun and that kind of thing, because the big things that I eliminated from my diet were sugar, dairy and gluten. So it became, yeah, very difficult, but sushi has none of those things. And so it remains one of the only types of restaurants that I can go to and like not have to heavily limit myself on the menu. I don't eat as much of the raw fish ones because I try, I do vegetarian about three or four days a week and then I'll have salmon one or two days a week and organic chicken or turkey one or two days a week. So I do try to be plant-based more of the time, but my body does, I learned from lots of experimenting, does better with an omnivore diet. So I keep some animal protein in, but yes, sushi it's like you know rice no gluten seaweed which is great for you also there's like a ton of great vegetables in sushi that have anti-cancer properties and of course green tea is amazing and that is standard at every sushi restaurant so yeah it's actually a type of food that is easy to enjoy after you've had to make some major uh, changes. So I feel very grateful to sushi and to sushi restaurants because it allowed me to feel normal, allowed me to feel Mm. I could go out and just have like a normal meal out without having to be like, I'm sorry, can you take these five things off? Oh my God. I think you're the very first guest we've ever had that actually says loving sushi is normal. Yeah, it absolutely is. (laughs) I love that. It is to us, of course. No, no, no. Don't tell anyone else. We are the normal ones. The rest doesn't know. (laughs) But to actually have someone verbalize it out loud without being in a secret society type thing is another level. (laughs) It really is. So you said that when you went with your sister to all-you-can-eat sushi restaurant Mm -hmm. at university, you said you ate it all. Yeah. But now the question is, which one is your favorite and why? Why? I think it's a close tie between a California roll because it's the, like the OG, you know, and it's like the first one that I ever tried. 
But I have also come to love dynamite rolls because there are so many like ingredients that are so delicious. I don't know if you because have you had a dynamite? I don't know the dynamite. Oh my god! It's like shrimp tempura in the middle, and then has like all the the regular vegetables like cucumber and avocado, and then sometimes they even put avocado on top of the roll on the outside, and then they call it a green dragon roll. So good, yeah. That's yeah, really we don't good. call it um, dynamite roll here in the UK. Yeah, isn't it a rainbow roll? It's like a rainbow roll, but it's rainbow the- roll has salmon on top. I think it's that base, yeah. but then right. salmon that- on top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's like, good too. We had a, another guest a few episodes ago who was talking about the theatrical rolls, and it's very similar to that actually. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The, the like big specialty rolls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great stuff. Yeah. Great so stuff. for a treat, a dynamite roll. But yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of loving that. A dynamite roll for a treat. Okay. Yeah. I can, yeah. I was just picturing that. So, of course, the, the next question for me, you know, to really sort the men from the boys, Rebecca, <laughs> has got to be wasabi or not to wasabi? That seems oh. very carefully about this question. <laughs> I am a enjoyer of the wasabi. I do. I do like. Yeah. Why not adding even more flavors? Why not oh, toss it in there? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I am a big wasabi fan. Big fan. Yeah. And you have all the flavors, right? You have the saltiness. You have the spicy. Maybe a little bit of sweet, depending on the vegetables. Or yeah, you gotta have it in there. Yeah. You gotta have wasabi. I mean, who has sushi without wasabi? No, no. Yeah. I actually have a funny story about wasabi. My sister was out with her friends at university and they kind of slow-mo watched a baby at another table grab the ball of wasabi and put it in its mouth and no one at their table noticed and they were like about to like reach out and be like, no, and it was too late. And the baby, of course, burst out crying. Oh. (laughs) Poor thing. Yeah. Not that much wasabi at once, but I mean, it's, it's a tough one for adults. It is. <laughs> yeah. It can be. Yeah. Ooh. It can. Be. But now for the purest question. Yes. Wasabi in the soy sauce or wasabi on the sushi? <laughs> um, I usually put it into the soy sauce because it's just, then it's even, an even amount throughout the whole thing. Because otherwise, sometimes I get like one big clump. And then little bits, it's not, yeah, not as even, but I'm not opposed to putting it right on there. I've also done yeah. bits to do that. So yeah. I don't have a, yeah, either one, as long as it's on there somewhere. <laughs> I, I like to spread mine onto, in fact, yeah. I've discovered, I've only lived here, well, no, that's not true. I've lived here a long time, but this particular supermarket has only been at the end of my road for about five years. Mm-hmm. And I only discovered two weeks ago that it does the most amazing sushi. Oh. It's been there for five years. Normally <laughs> I walk I walk 20 minutes to the other one. And I thought, the one at the end of my road does amazing sushi. But what I love about the one at the end of my road is that you get free wasabi. Oh. <laughs> I have been stocking up because I just spread it on the top. It's one one pack per sushi. (laughs) (laughs) The the Japanese will tell you that it's absolutely, if you go to a Japanese restaurant in Japan and you put the wasabi in the soy sauce, it's an insult. 
interesting. Wasabi does not go into the soy sauce. It goes no. on top of the on top of the sushi. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. You're diluting the taste that. of the wasabi, which of is the wasabi. That makes sense. I never thought of it that way. All right, spreading it on from now on. <laughs> so you told you we're sushi purists here. We are so sushi purists. So, so Rebecca, in terms of your own personality, because obviously you've been through a lot, there's no mm-hmm. doubt. And I know we're going to talk about that a little bit more, but before we move on from our favorite subject, you know, <laughs> if you were a sushi, okay, if your personality, you, Rebecca, Durance Hine were a sushi, which one would you be and why? Well, definitely be a lot of vegetables in there. Like my favorite ones are definitely avocado and cucumber. Also love some carrots. Um, obviously all wrapped up in seaweed, which is great. Has lots of like anti-cancer properties too, by the way. Um, there'd be ginger, pickled ginger. Mm-hmm. I know I commit a, a sushi sin and I put ginger, the pickled ginger on my sushi, <laughs> which I know a lot of people don't do, but I love it. And ginger again has like a ton of anti-cancer properties. So I try to eat a lot of it. Um, you know what? I really love one of my favorite things about California roll is the, the row because it's like bright and it's like a pop, like a burst in your mouth. And I feel like I'm a little bit like that because I'm pretty positive and bright and, and a little surprising. You know, you're like, oh, what was that? Um, so definitely there'd be uh, some row in there. Yeah. And if the avocado wasn't in it, it would definitely be on top because it's, I don't know, just everyone loves avocado and I love everyone. So <laughs> there, there has to be a way. We have to find a way how I'm not going to be salivating every time people share that that answer to that right because it is well almost 8 30 p.m here and i really crave sushi right now how could you not (laughs) i just had some for lunch actually and i already killing me (laughs) i just realized actually it is quite late we don't normally record so late (laughs) because i'm thinking that's the point why am I hungry all of a sudden? Yeah, what is that? <laughs> we don't normally record so late. <laughs> That's my fault for being so far behind you guys, <laughs> time yeah. zone wise. Time zones and things, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I absolutely love it. So it is a roll, it's not a hand roll. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, I do enjoy a hand roll, but there's just nothing quite like the, you know, the whole experience, chopsticks, picking it up, dipping it. That's my fave. So, uh, yeah, I think definitely like a Mackey roll versus a hand roll. Yeah. Okay. And what does the carrot represent? Because you said you have some carrot in there. It's sort of like switching things up because it's different than the avocado, different than the cucumber. And I feel like my life did a complete 180 was full of things that were unexpected and sometimes things that you don't think are going to go well or that you don't need in your life you discover later upon reflection oh you know what I am actually really glad that that was in there um so I think that's what the carrot is for a little bit of like a different color different texture different flavor um just like some of the things that happen to us in our life you know we don't expect it to be there but then it is and then you discover hey actually maybe it was a good thing that was in there (laughs) yeah and on that note, uh, Rebecca, because mm-hmm. we know from your introduction that you've been through quite a journey. Oh, yes. So take us a little bit back. What the moment you heard, because stage three, that is one stage before the stage that they say 
can't do anything about it. You're just going to go home. Yeah. And it was uh, showing signs of starting to metastasize. Yeah, it was pretty close. I was very lucky. So take us back to that moment in time. Yeah. Young adult, ready to go. Ready to go. Yeah. You know what? I was just bopping along, uh, teaching and enjoying life and thinking about my friends and my future and was not expecting it at all. And in fact, I went to my appointment by myself because I was convinced that it was nothing. And then it wasn't nothing. Um, I think it's probably one of the only times in my life that my jaw has literally done the like cartoon drop open. And yeah, it was a crazy, un- just an indescribable feeling. It's a mixture of shock and disbelief and your brain kind of stops. It's like your brain runs into a wall almost. Um, and it like wants to move forward, but it like doesn't know why it can't. Um, and then you're just kind of in like a, a haze. Um, yeah. And it was a really crazy feeling driving home because I was the only one who knew at this point, no one, like, I didn't even tell my family, my partner knew that I was going to the appointment because I couldn't keep it from him, but my family didn't know that I was going for these tests and stuff like that. So literally nobody knew no one had this information except for me. And that was a really crazy feeling too, to kind of like be alone with that. Um, so yeah, I mean that time I tell everyone now who has just been diagnosed that that time, it doesn't necessarily feel like it because you have so many other things on the horizon that you think must be more horrible than that. Mm. But that first like week or two after diagnosis, before you've had surgery, before you have your pathology report, that's the scariest and the most difficult time, really. And then everything after that, just it moves quickly. It moves really fast after that. So that time is definitely the hardest. And I feel like that's the case with a lot of challenges in our life that we face, whether it's personal or business or otherwise. When it first happens, it's like the hardest time right then, right afterwards. And then things, you know, start finding little pieces and putting things together and you come up with a plan and, and you move forward. So yeah, that moment was definitely one of the most difficult of my life ever. <laughs> but if I could get through that, now I know I can get through pretty much anything. Wow. Yeah. Mm. And your outlook is so inspiring. Mm. You know, um, having gone through a very similar experience myself, I can't say that I was as upbeat, to be fair. You know, but thankfully, yeah, you know, thankfully Touchwood all is well. But just having that strength of character that you've got just to, just to, to listen and know there's got to be another way. This cannot be the only way. When did you get that, Rebecca? I have my mom to thank for that because she's always been into, she had health issues of her own, which really turned out to be food uh, sensitivities. But back in the seventies, they didn't really know that much about it. And so she had, everything you can think of done. She even had part of her esophagus removed because they thought it was too long and that was causing her heartburn somehow and nothing that her doctors could do for her worked. And so she ended up taking matters into her own hands and finding, you know, one of the few naturopaths that were around back in those days and doing her own research and her own experimenting with stuff. And so when we grew up, she, you know, we went to our regular family doctor, of course, but, you know, she always had kind of 
home remedies. Like we were buying organic food way before it was a popular thing. And, you know, we were taking oregano oil and vitamin D and way back before anyone was talking about those things. So I've always had this appreciation and open-mindedness around things outside of the conventional world of medicine. And yeah, my sort of motto going through this whole thing was if it's not going to hurt me and it's potentially going to help me, I'm going to do it. I'm going to try it because like literally what else do I have to lose? Nothing. So, and what I've discovered is just a whole world of possibilities and it gives me so much confidence moving forward into my life after cancer, knowing that I have this whole tool belt of stuff that I can rely on. And it going down that path in terms of like treatment is really what led me to all of the other stuff, the mental and emotional and spiritual work and healing of traumas and all of that stuff um, that we don't usually think of when we think of physical healing. Mm -hmm. But because I was kind of doing all of this research and exploration, I was, you know, led there because it's something that gets, we talk about holistic healing, whole person healing, which is big in the alternative and integrative world. And a big component of that is the the mental and the emotional and the spiritual self, as well as the physical self. So, and those things were so important to my physical healing, but also so important to just my growth as a person through this experience and becoming who I was. And I never would have started my business without all of that personal growth. And yeah, if we're looking for sort of like the big, metaphysical reason for why I think this happened to me. I think it was because someone somewhere recognized I was not going to heal these things by myself. I was not going to acknowledge these traumas in my past. I was just going to, I was just going to sit in this rut and be happy where I was. And so it sent me something I could not ignore. (laughs) There you go. And it's so true. We do get the stuff that we can't ignore. And you know, this, the thing about this podcast is that it goes way too quickly. You know, it really does go way, way, way too quickly. Um, before we wrap up, is there anything you want to add, um, Lubna in terms of Rebecca's? Yeah. Yeah. I would love to because two topics pop up in my head as I was listening to you throughout our whole conversation and one of them being resilience. Oh yeah. And the other one is holistic healing. And I would mm-hmm. love for you to share maybe three tips that sure. you can share with the audience, whether they have a cancer diagnosis mm-hmm. or not, or they're dealing with someone in their own environment, because resilience can be about any challenge and overcoming. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I talk a lot in my blog about, and my vlogs, I do a mental health Monday vlog on my YouTube channel every week. And I talk a lot in there. Yeah. Just about challenges in general. So it's so applicable, not just yeah in the context of a cancer diagnosis, but yeah. So resiliency, I think my resiliency comes down to two main things. And the first one is gratitude. I started a gratitude practice because you really do have to practice gratitude. It's not something that just happens. Cancer gave me many, many, many gifts. And one of them was an appreciation for this life. And I just started noticing myself being like, it's so cheesy, but like, oh, that tree is beautiful. And, (laughs) you know, and so then I started thinking a lot more about gratitude. And I tried to have a moment every day where I felt gratitude for something. And now I keep a gratitude journal. So I, I write down five things every night that I'm grateful for from that day. And that can do so much to change your perspective, not just on your day, but honestly, on your whole life. It seems like such a simple thing, but that it's a wonderful thing. So I would recommend everyone do that for sure. Gratitude practice in some way. 
And then the other thing is looking at your challenges. And it's hard to do this in, in the aftermath of something huge like a cancer diagnosis. But it took me a long time to get there myself. But looking at your challenges, looking for the gifts in your challenges, because I believe that everything happens for a reason, but not in that like predetermined, you know, like it was fated from the beginning of time to happen this way. I just mean that there is a positive, a lesson, a gift, a growth to be found in any challenge. You just have to choose to go looking for it. So that would be my second tip reflect on the things that have happened to you and look for the ways, even if it's a tiny thing, like I wouldn't have met that person if I hadn't gotten cancer. And I'm really glad that I knew them, you know, so start tiny. And then for holistic healing, look at your whole self because you have to look at the roots of something to actually heal it. Otherwise the definition of insanity is doing the same thing twice and expecting different results. So you have to get to those root causes and everyone has different root causes for their physical ailments and do some like exploring of yourself, whether it's diet, whether it's exercise, whether it's, you know, maybe your hormones are imbalanced. Maybe you've been exposed to a lot of toxins in your line of work, or we just are exposed to a lot in our water and pesticides and all sorts of stuff these days. Mm -hmm. So do some exploring of those areas of your health and see, yes, I mean, medication is incredible and can do amazing things and is very important, but there is a focus on sort of Band-Aid fixes in Western medicine versus, uh, yeah, getting to those root causes. So integrative is really about combining those two things. What can we do to help you feel better immediately, which is more of a Western medicine take, but then what can we dig and find and reverse so that it doesn't happen again or that it doesn't get any worse? So that's where the, yeah, holistic whole person comes in. I love those tips. That is so powerful. I'm so happy and grateful that you shared that with us. And the last, last, last opportunity that we want to give you is, Rebecca, do you have anything to share with our audience? Or how can they connect with you if they're thinking, I want to know more about this because I don't know what to do. The easiest place, the hub is my website, which is orendacancercommunity.com. So O-R-E-N-D-A cancercommunity.com. And there, if you click on the little freebies tab, you can um, get a free copy of my Cancer Conqueror Diet Guide, which is just, you know, a healthy eating diet guide that anyone can benefit from. Um, and that'll also add you to my mailing list. And you can get news and updates. Uh, and then you can also join my Facebook group. It's free. Just search Orenda Cancer Community on Facebook and Orenda Cancer Community on YouTube. And you'll get to my YouTube channel that way. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. We'll make sure we put all of that information in sure. the episode notes, of course, along with a full um, with your full bio so people can learn even more about you. Rebecca. <laughs> You have been an absolute joy, a real breath of fresh air. Your energy, your, you know, just your whole attitude is so infectious and inspiring. And I just wanted to thank you for being our guest here on the Entrepreneurship Podcast today. Thank you for having me. It's been amazing. It really has been amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's been wonderful. Thank you so much for having me and, and giving me an opportunity to talk about this stuff. I love it so much. And sushi. <laughs> it's a dream. <laughs> exactly. Match made in heaven, of course. <laughs> so thank you for listening to another episode of the Entrepreneur Sushi Club podcast. We would love to know, of course, what has been your biggest takeaway from today's conversation. So please take a moment and share it with us in our Facebook group, the Entrepreneur Sushi Club. We're there. We're easy to find. You will find the link in the description of this particular episode. 
And of course, if you know someone who will benefit from listening to this episode, please feel free to share it with them. So until next time. Have fun. Bye.